Hello and welcome back to another episode of Him Partial Off The Record. I'm Cara Peregrino. And I'm Monet Funka. And today we're embracing the summer and talking about Christian camps and vacation Bible school and what a phenomenon that is. Um, Where do they come from and what are their strengths and weaknesses? Plus, we're going to share a little bit of our own experience with these camps. But first, stop what you're doing. Help us keep in contact with you, especially with the summer coming. Everybody's coming and going and you don't want to miss a thing. If you're on YouTube, subscribe to our channel, like and share this episode. Like really, stop right now and do that. Alternatively, if you're listening to us on audio, go over to himpartial.com where you can support us financially or sign up for our free weekly newsletter. Signing up for our newsletter is actually the better thing to do because then the algorithms can't like stop you getting all the updates because it comes straight to your inbox. Newsletter subscribers also get first access to all our bonus content and all the really fun stuff we are going to be doing over the summer. Yes, exactly. And we did prom- we teased it last week and we are going to tell you what's going on this summer. So um, the first year we did the podcast, we didn't actually take a break over the summer because we started in June. We just kind of went through like no stops. <laughs> um, but since about season two, end of season two, Uh, We actually decided that we had two seasons and then we officially took a break and came back for season three. And we're going to do the same thing this year. This year, it it will be a bit longer than last year because there's been so much change going on in our life, which we'll talk about in a second. But over the summer, we're not going to go away. We're still going to be talking to you guys on social media. We'll still be sending out newsletters because we're going to take the summer break to sing the Psalms together. Do you want to explain that, Cara? Yes, it's exactly what it sounds like. (laughs) So each week we will be sharing a, a version of a psalm for you to sing us to sing, everybody to sing, because although we talk about hymns a lot, we do really love the Psalms and the Mm -hmm. Psalms are like the hymns of the Bible. So um, to encourage ourselves and you to sing more Psalms, we're going to have a summer of Psalms. Mm -hmm. We also will be sharing a lot of our catalog with our new listeners. So we'll be having more clips out on YouTube. So again, if you're watching us on YouTube, please hit subscribe and ring the bell. I know every person tells you to do that, but ringing the bell means you'll actually be notified when we release these new clips, including our summer of Psalms and our, um, our backlog of clips from past guests. We've had so many guests on the show. We've Mm. had uh, Keith Getty. We've had Matt Boswell. We've had uh, Joni Erickson Tada. We've had just like, uh, you know, pastors, Brian Croft. We've had, you know, Jeremy Walker, loads and loads and loads of really awesome people who are Mm -hmm. way more clever than us. Um, And so some of you might not have seen those. So we're definitely going to be breaking that up into like more bite-sized pieces for you to enjoy or share whatever makes you happy. (laughs) Yeah, sharing makes us happy if you were wondering how to make our day. But um, the other reason for breaking it up into clips is to make it more accessible to some of our new listeners. Mm -hmm. And also because we know you're busy over the summer. And so you get all the goodness, but like in little bite-sized shots. Yes. And also I think sometimes this definitely happens to me because I listen to a lot of podcasts. You'll be scrolling through and you see you know, podcaster X has an episode on why. 
and you're like, oh, I need to listen to that. And then life hits you and you just move on. Um, but if you get some highlights of it, then at least you kind of get the gist of the episode without having to watch the whole episode. Though we do try to keep our episodes on the short end. Uh, you know, sometimes we waffle on and it, they could be like 45 minutes or an hour. So it's just, we're catering to all the audiences. Go ahead and judge us, mostly Gen Z, <laughs> but also millennials too. I think, I think we're quite guilty of wanting just little bite-sized clips. Um, but don't worry, we, we're still having our long form, like proper episodes next season, um, which will come back in September. So we're taking pretty much all of July and August off of new episodes, but we'll still be around via newsletter primarily and social media, namely Instagram. So make sure you follow us there so that you don't, um, so that we don't lose touch because, you know, it is an extended break. So the why the extended break is probably what you guys want to know. We said in a previous off the record that Cara and I were both moving. Um, and we've moved like three times. This yes, year. we've moved a lot of times um, between the between the two households. So I'm moving away from the UK, sadly. Um, oh, what is that? I hear tiny violins. Yes, tiny violins are playing. So. Um, yeah, I'll be moving to the States with my family. Um, and so that's just going to be a, a little bit of a transition period for us as a impartial team because Cara is back here. She'll be in Scotland. So we'll still be bringing you new content. We'll just be bringing it to you like we're doing this episode now, which is via Zoom in remote locations. So this only really should affect our video watchers listeners people because um half the time when we're on zoom you can't actually tell the difference when you're just listening to audio it does sound like yeah. we're in the same room obviously we'll be wanting to keep the quality up for you yes. um, visually and audio wise but it's just going to be a little different for that just season and god willing it will just be for that season yes. because i have a visa in progress for to move to the United States as well. <laughs> so surprise, we're jumping over the pond, but it won't uh, be for a while. It won't be yes. a while for a while that we're together, but um, we're, we're moving for slightly different reasons. We yes. weren't just like, hey, let's just let's move just the move. whole of him partial over to no. the States. It's just the way Providence has worked things out that yes. um, that happens to be the way it is. Yep, yep. Um, and we're excited because, like we said, we're still committed to bringing you guys content, even though it'll be a little bit of a scheduling, um, you know, challenge. But we're more than willing to uh, own up to the challenge, which is even more reason why you should support us on Kofi, because now we have to, like, work across the airwaves to uh, and, time to bring, zones. and time zones to bring you this content, which we're more than happy to do. Um, and we have a number of guests already lined up for season four. So we're really keen to keep bringing you the good content. It'll just be a little bit different if you're watching us on YouTube. Um, and yeah, so it's been really great. I can't believe we've done three seasons and I we could sometimes can't believe we made it through season three with all the chaos. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Because things have been bubbling just like under the surface for a while. But we. It's funny, someone like a little while back commented about, oh, it's really nice. That's 
impartial is all you guys have to do. Yeah. And we were like, uh. <laughs> we have a lot, a lot going on. I mean, a lot going on. yeah, I'm full-time stay-at-home mom. My husband's a pastor. We're moving internationally. Like there's a lot going on and impartial. Same with you, Cara. You've got writing, you've got all sorts of things going on. Plus you just got married and you just moved like a million times. And, you know, we're trying to deal with visas. Both families are dealing with visas in different capacities. And it's just been a lot, a lot. But the Lord has been very gracious to us Mm -hmm. in that we were able to still, um, you know, give you guys new content, still have guests on. um, And we just want to keep doing that. We love bringing you guys him partial content. So, um, you know, unless the Lord puts a big red stop sign in front of us, we're just going to keep going and it'll just be a different challenge for a wee while while we're waiting for visas to be completed and moves to be completed. So enough waffling on that. Um, but yeah, we're, we're looking forward to season four, but before we, before we go into our summer break, we wanted to talk about summer camps, <laughs> which is quite fitting because a lot of our listeners might be going to summer camps or involved with summer camps of the Christian variety here in Scotland. We do holiday clubs or holiday camps. Yeah. Holiday clubs are generally the equivalent of VBS in the States. And we do have some summer camps, but generally well, we'll get into the differences later. They yeah. are different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think this is just really interesting for us to comment on because um, Cara grew up in a Christian home. Um, and while, uh, I mean, while her family kind of went through an evolution of, you know, what type of flavor of Christianity they were mo- more closely aligned with, it was still, in general, broad terms, a Christian home. Um, mm-hmm. And so you have a different experience, whereas I was not raised in a Christian home. So this is all I'm all, I'm seeing it as an adult. So we I think we have some different views. Um, so I don't but know. We also like we grew up in different countries as well. Yes, and so I think countries. that affects our view of it. So. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So I don't know. I think you're probably more equipped to give a background of what these summer camps are. Yeah, I did 10 minutes of research. (laughs) Yay. No, I'm kidding. Um, It just occurred to me, like, where did these things come from? Um, And why do we do them? Mm -hmm. And the answer is that they're actually fairly new phenomena. Like, Mm -hmm. so around the 1870s, they, they would do like these camps for boys where it was like camping and canoeing and hiking and building fires and wrestling bears and whatever (laughs) and except not the wrestling bears and one of the original guys who pioneered pioneered this said it was for urban boys who were quote dying of indoorness (laughs) so it was partly because of the industrial revolution they were kind of like oh all these kids working in factories and being in the city and never seeing the outdoors they're losing their manliness (laughs) um so we're gonna chuck them in the woods for a few weeks um and since then they've broadened out from that to cover all sorts of things like you can go to all sorts of camps like name a skill or an interest and there's probably a camp for it um there's even like lgbtq camps that lgbtq kids can go to and have a safe space for the summer and stuff and it's like that's not even a a skill set or a 
a particular interest. That's just Mm-mm. like, yeah. anyway. So yeah, name it, and there's probably a camp for it. Yeah, but it used to be based around more sort of like learning a specific new set of skills, mm-hmm. and they used to be more outdoorsy. Um, so they range from a week to the whole summer, depending on the camp. Some are residential and some are not. Mm-hmm. Um, and apparently there's been a bunch of research done and they're actually quite good for kids' psychological development because they provide a safe, nurturing environment where kids can kind of form deeper friendships, learn more about community mm-hmm. and being part of a, something bigger. Um, and they can just learn new skills and things. So that's where they came from. Kind of, I guess Christians just adopted that. Hmm. I like yeah. that. I, I mean, it makes sense to me because while I didn't have Christian camp um, experience growing up, I did have Y camp experience, which for those of you who were part of the YMCA or are part of the YMCA, that is a week out, like in where I'm from, it would be up in Big Bear. Um, and we'd literally drive to the mountains and stay on a campgrounds and we'd have like, yeah, we we were there for a week <clears throat> with no parents. It was just a bunch of like 20 somethings <laughs> that would like volunteer at, at YMCA and they would like lead all of the activities and stuff for us over the week. And we'd have segregated little um, cabins where we'd stay and there were lots of bugs and we we're lots of fear of bears because we were in California. So, yeah, just really uh, interesting because you do kind of have a little safe space. There's something about sleepaway camp that's like, oh, like we're not, you know, in our normal context and like we're all around our peers and we could like get to know each other and hang out. Mm. It's also kind of like sleepovery, like, you know, if you have a, yeah, if you ever grew up that. having sleepovers. Yeah. There's that as well. Yeah. So that's kind of the, the background of it. I guess mm-hmm. Christians saw that it was a good thing, did it. There was a guy in Switzerland who was a pastor and he used to do it. He used to take the kids up the mountains and it was more like a Christian camp thing in the summer. Mm-hmm. This was like in the early 1900s. And then I think it was in Switzerland. I might be talking rubbish. It's Switzerland or France. And then the French government were like, oh, hey, taking kids away for a few weeks to educate them. This is a great idea. Let's do that. So um, the French government started doing secular ones as well. Oh, wow. Oh, the French. (laughs) Lovely. If you're in France, give this video a like. Um, So I think we had this as we would talk about weaknesses and strengths first, but I think we should talk about the strengths of these type of things. Cause I think hmm. it, it's, it's ongoing from what we just talked about in terms of like in general, how these sleepaway camps are helpful. Christian ones have strengths in that. Well, I don't want to talk the whole time. I think Christian ones, Christian camps and vocation Bible school. And it's particularly, we didn't talk about this. So excuse me, <coughs> I'm jumping ahead. But the holiday clubs or vacation Bible school, the way I understand them is that it's usually a week, Mm. maybe two weeks. And it's basically like a day camp where children like parents will drop their children off uh, for a period of the day, maybe a few hours or the whole day. And it'll be at a local church or um, some Christian organization and they will... um, basically just get free childcare or very cheap childcare 
while the camp volunteers will basically teach them Bible songs and teach them, you know, things about scripture throughout the week and do activities and crafts and stuff with them. Is that, is that right? Like in terms of day camp? Yep. That would be right. I mean, I had a thought while you were talking and I can't remember what it is now. Goodness me. (laughs) Oh, getting old. Um, (laughs) it was something about, yeah. So that would be like a holiday Bible school. Usually they have a theme as well each year. Um, Mm -hmm. so they might do something like, uh, I don't know treasure explorers or pirate jungle or something like that yeah and it's really fun and the kids are like oh pirates and jungles let's go with that and then they'll tie it back into the gospel so like Mm -hmm. if they were doing treasure hunters they'd be like and the real treasure is jesus yeah and it's kind of cheesy but it 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 can be fun if it's done really well if it's done well absolutely i mean i've had some exposure to the holiday clubs um you because school holidays are different in the UK than in the US. Oh, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. Yeah. So in the US, you usually get like two and a half to three months off in the summer. Yeah. Whereas in the UK, it's like six to eight weeks summer holiday. It's six weeks normally and occasionally you get a seven week one. Yes. Um, It's not even the same across the UK. No. Um, You get the same length, but not the same dates. Yeah. So... That was the other thing is that um, although something like VBS or Holiday Bible Club, as we call it, is is really similar in an idea, um, summer camps, as we would know them in the UK, are a little bit different. Mm-hmm. A lot of them are only for a week. Yeah. Maybe two weeks. Um, and it would be staying away somewhere. And it's just not as common because people in the UK get more holiday than like vacation time than people in the US. So your average UK person working your average job would get four to five weeks holiday. Mm -hmm. So you'd generally, you'd go away with your family for a week or two, whether that's just staying in a caravan in the rain somewhere or whether that's like a proper, you know, all-inclusive trip to Spain or something, then usually you go away with your family rather than Mm -hmm. um, go to a a six-week long camp or something. Which is why in the UK, like life kind of shuts down in August, like between Mm. July and August, because so many of the people at work have children and their children are off school. A lot of people will just take that time to go away on a holiday or, you know, again, Mm. whether it's a caravan in the rain or if it's off to Spain, which rhymes. It rhymes. Um, (laughs) But that being said, there is a window of which a lot of churches or Christian organizations will have these holiday clubs because they know, one, a lot of parents are going to be away or children are going to be away. So it's not really like feasible to do it over two, three, four, five weeks. Some, I think some churches do two, two weeks, but most of them I know do one. Mm. And it'll usually be like activities during the day and, um, maybe sometimes like evening stuff for the whole family to come to. Um, It'll also happen during the Easter school holidays or spring break. Um, So I, I was part of one that was done during Easter and I don't know, it was like some kind of Arctic like theme or something. Which is appropriate in the UK. (laughs) Yes. And it was very silly. The the reason why I think of that is because you were like, if it's done well. I 
don't think this was done well. But mm. to be fair to it, it was um, a lot of singing about biblical things. So a lot of these kids will get flyers in their school, like saying, come to the local churches holiday club, which is amazing because, you know, the UK is very, very post-Christendom. So it's not like, you know, people would be clicking their heels, but again, it's that free childcare aspect. Yeah. Yeah. It's the childcare thing that attracts a lot of people because childcare here is really expensive. Yeah. So for a lot of, for a lot of schools, like I won't say a lot, my exposure has been that it's common enough for schools in Scotland to still even have a minister to come in Mm -hmm. during the school year and talk about Christianity. It might be on the same day that they have like an imam come in and talk about, you know, Mm. Islam or whatever, or like a whatever. They're also very mixed. Yes. The ministers. Yes. I was not homeschooled. I went to school and like in my primary school, we had a really good minister um, at first and then he left. And then there was a lady who was an Episcopal, Episcopal, Episcopalian, mm-hmm. um, which is basically high Anglican, which is almost Catholic. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was a lady minister who was practically Catholic yeah. and um, very kind of like, oh, you know, isn't it wonderful? Jesus mm. is so nice sort of thing. Yeah. Um, so you can get some very, you, you get very mixed chaplains. Yeah. But it's something. And and yeah, so that to me is like a huge pro of the holiday clubs and how they happen in the UK mm. is that for a majority of these children that come, and I mean like 70% of them, they have never, ever been exposed to the gospel. They are literally just there because it's something, it's one week the parents don't have to worry about what they're going to do with their Keeps kids. Keeps them off the streets. Exactly. They're not out there like keying cars and smashing windows. They're And <laughs> often there's a snack or something as well. And yes. like this may sound ridiculous, but it's free food. Oh yeah. And like a lot of poorer kids tend to end up in the holiday camps because yeah. it's um, a little bit of food. A little bit of childcare keeps them off the streets. Absolutely. And so it is such a great opportunity for local churches, a great evangelistic Mm. opportunity for the local churches or local Christian groups. Because I know like there are some like missionary kind of city missions, Glasgow city missions and a few other ones like that, that do this kind of holiday club thing once a, once a summer. It's a great opportunity for them to share the gospel. And Mm. I think the tragedy we're not in the cons yet. I think the tragedy is when you have some holiday clubs that really miss the mark and they don't share the gospel because they're afraid of offending the parents. But literally it is like Christians on the flyer. They're literally bringing them to a church like, and it's free childcare for them. So Mm -hmm. they don't, you know, so they could always just, it's not like when you send your kid to school, it's like you are voluntarily bringing your child to a church. So, mm-hmm. like, hit them over the head with the gospel lovingly. Well, I've seen a lot of churches do it well by they'll, like you said, sometimes they do stuff in the evenings. But mm-hmm. actually, one of the things they'll do is they'll start it on a Monday mm-hmm. and then it'll run through Saturday. And then they'll be like, if you want to know what your kid was learning and see all the cool stuff, come along Sunday morning Sunday, and we'll yeah. have this whole thing and yeah. we'll give out prizes from the weekend stuff. And yeah. so, like, they come with their kids and then they hear the gospel because it's yes. Sunday morning and exactly. you're in church. <laughs> And also, unfortunately, I have seen churches (laughs) 
botch that opportunity as well where they don't give a real gospel because they're afraid of offending all the people that came from the holiday club. And then Um, they might not come back next year. Yeah, exactly. So pros and cons already, we kind of dipped into it. So that's the holiday clubs. The strengths of the Christian camps, we kind of touched on a little bit um, in that, you know, there's this safe place for children to kind of develop. I think the number one thing, because it's a cliche, especially for pastors' kids, that a pastor will be preaching to his son or daughter for their whole life and then they'll go away off to Christian camp and get saved. And I think that that's like unfair, I think, to the gospel because, you know, the gospel is powerful and it's powerful to save no matter who's preaching it. But Mm -hmm. I think a lot of kids go off and get saved. It's partially a pro and partially a con. And I think you know where I'm going with this, but it's a, pro in that they're for the first time having to stop their little teenager Christian life or whatever and think about what they've been hearing for their whole life and consider Mm -hmm. if it's true for them. So I think there's often a lot of reflecting in these Christian camps to say like, where are you with God? Like, do you know? Because we could all be that way, right? We could just be like day to day walking through life Mm -hmm. and then like something will happen, some tragedy or whatever, and then we all of a sudden reevaluate our faith. So I was saved at a Christian camp. (laughs) I'm just saying, like it was an Easter one and it was a residential one. And I think, like you're saying, part of it was just kind of like, we weren't in a great church at the time. I was kind of like, I'm a good kid. Like, what's the problem? And hearing the gospel over and over and being around people who really clearly like loved Jesus and mm-hmm. were committed to living for him. They were, they looked more like my parents than like the people at church. And because I'd seen the people at church who kind of just lived like everybody else, mm-hmm. I was, I was like, well, what's the big deal here? Like, I know the gospel. I'm a good girl. Like mm-hmm. I'm living better than them. So who mm-hmm. cares? And I think actually seeing that, that um, it, faith, is a a very real thing for people who are not just my parents and that Mm. they're not just oddballs. They are actually, um, that's more normal Christianity. Um, I was kind of very moved by this, but also obviously moved by the gospel. Yeah. Yeah. And I think too, like that is important. I think that peer element, especially if you come from some of these smaller churches that we've been involved in Mm. and the only other kid is like maybe 10 years younger than you or something you know Mm. it's nice to see other people who are kind of around your same stage of life like struggling through it and talking about it and being honest about it Mm -hmm. um I think a lot of Christian camps when they're good they're good because home life is not so good and I don't mean that like in an abusive way I mean like their parents are not talking to them about like biblical things or their parents aren't being like, like making a, a safe space. I hate to use that phrase, mm-hmm. uh, for, you know, their children to come to them and talk about that. So you'll have these youth leaders who will basically like come into these camps and they'll, they'll say, Hey, you know, it's okay. Like to be struggling with your faith and blah, 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 blah. And they, mm-hmm. they just needed someone to come along and say that to them. Yeah. And so or they, even just to see people outside their normal context living exactly. for Christ and being like, this isn't just a weird yeah. thing that is done in my family. Yes. Like this is a reality for a lot of people. Yeah, 
Absolutely. And it, I think as well, like I found, so I got saved quite young and I, I did scripture union camp. So scripture nice. union is an organization I think came out of the church Scotland, like was born out of the church Scotland. So theologically, I have questions now, but <laughs> we'll get to that in the cons. Yeah. But, you know, I was saved there because the guy preached sin and he preached repentance and God convicted me. And I found that actually um, I did go to a bunch more camps afterwards in the summers and things. And I found it encouraging as a young believer who um, didn't really know any other believers my age. Mm -hmm. It was really encouraging to be able to go there. And some of the kids were actually Christians and you could like have that fellowship as well. So it's mm -hmm. not just about like the getting saved part. It's the the fellowship your own age and things. Oh, yeah. I guess you could throw like youth conferences in there as well uh, because kind of a similar phenomenon that you're kind of around other young people and you're, I mean, it's less reflective. It's less safe, safe spacey. It tends but to be more teaching focused as well. Like a lot of camps are more activity focused, yes. but they're also a bit more evangelistic, whereas yeah. a lot of conferences are more for building up people who are already professing faith. Yeah, maybe. Nah, I think it's mm. a mixed bag on both mm. fronts. But I do think it it shares in that element that it exposes you to other fo folks who do take their faith seriously, mm -hmm. and you have the opportunity to see other young people, uh, yeah, expressing themselves for God um, that you might not normally see on a day to day. Well, basis. also they're just fun. So <laughs> I'm just going to say this. I thought they were great fun as well because it's just, it's nice. So yes. I, I did activity camps where we did like abseiling and kayaking and all those cool things. I also did horse riding camps, which were so fun. Anyways. Yes. No, you're right. Before we move to cons, I will say they are fun. Usually you play Ooh. lots of fun games. You sing lots of great songs. You meet new people. You're active. Like they're fun. So it isn't just like... Okay, folks, open your Bibles. Though, P.S., mm -hmm. opening your Bibles is fun. Yeah. But, you know, it is it is like more youth-oriented, so it is good. Yeah. I also really enjoyed, uh, I'm just off on one now, I also really enjoyed, like, we used to get broken smaller groups. Mm -hmm. So you'd, be, you'd have the girls you were sharing your room with, or the guys if you're a guy, and you'd have, like, you'd have the evening talk thing. And that would always be kind of fun, but also kind of serious. And then you'd have like little chances during the day or in the evening to look more in depth at what you've been looking at in the mm -hmm. meetings and mm -hmm. kind of discuss it a bit more. Yeah. And open your Bibles up with one or two leaders and just have conversations and stuff rather than just being listening all the time. Anyway, yeah. that's just my tuppence worth. No, that's absolutely important to say um, because there are lots of pros. That's also important because a lot of kids don't get taught by their parents how to study the Bible for themselves. Yes. And for some children, especially those from non-Christian families, um, that can be where they learn to do that for themselves. Yes, absolutely. If, Sorry, I'm done. <laughs> don't be done. If it is a good camp, which mm. is good is maybe... A little too vague, but I will Solid. say, yeah. So I think the I think the main con, and I just I've been wanting to get to this because we're human beings and we have a pessimistic bend. But the main con of these camps is they are doctrinally all over the place. Yes. 
So I have stories. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you go to a camp or a, or a VBS or a, or a, a holiday um, day camp that is from a doctrinally sound church, you know, a lot of good can come from that. That doesn't mean a lot of good can't come from the less doctrinally sound churches, but there's more opportunities for young people to be influenced by error. And I think that is a tricky one because when you think of camp culture, well, part of it is financially driven. So you want your tent as wide as possible. I'm going to advertise to every denomination to come to my camp because we have so many beds and so many rooms and so yeah. many teachers. But that... also then you need so many volunteers to exactly. run it as well. Exactly. So it is about being res- like, you know, using your resource as well and being a good steward. So you'll have like a wide net cast, like, hey, everybody in the local Glasgow area, we're having a summer camp, come. And you just have a lot of flavors of Christianity that would mm-hmm. come. And also the people running it, like they'll probably be more liberal because yep, that's more accepting, like on in a bigger tent. So you'll have like such a variety of things. Now I think to interrupt my con with a pro, I think that could be good because sometimes I think it's good to see how other Christians worship and like to have your views challenged, right? I mean, if you are a Christian, some children are in Christian homes but aren't Christians. So they go to these camps and then they have this error creep in and they're like, wait, but I'm not even a believer. Like, what does this mean? But if you are a believer and you go to these camps and you're like, yes, I have a certain view on the Lord's Supper and then the camp does it differently, then you have an opportunity to engage with your beliefs like in like face-to-face at such mm-hmm. a young age. But if you're not a mature believer, which how many young people are, <clears throat> there's a huge opportunity for error. Yes. So that was one of the things I struggled with a little bit after I was saved <laughs> because um, I'm only I'm only mentioning Scripture Union because those are the camps I've been to. Mm-hmm. But um, because they're church Scotland based and because they are that wider net, like literally anybody can just go on the scripture union website and be like summer camp. Sure. I'll sign up for that. Um, and then pay their thing and sign up and go. Mm-hmm. Um, their volunteers were also from a very broad kind of spectrum of mm-hmm. faith. Some of them actually, like I know leaders that I've had before who aren't even like professing believers anymore, mm. which is really sad. Yeah. But anyway, some of the things that I really struggled with was um, by that point, we kind of joined a more reformed church. And then I was like, oh, wait a minute, I accepted Jesus in my heart, but apparently you can't do that. Like, am I saved? And so the two contrasting things were very difficult. And then on one hand, I was like, oh no, I've never like spoken in tongues or like mm-hmm. had dreams or anything. And, and does that mean that like, maybe I am wrong and I'm not saved and like, yeah. should I be looking for these things? Should yeah. I be like, and that was quite confusing. Um, Absolutely. I sussed it out eventually by the grace of God. <laughs> well, that's another thing you kind of hinted at. And it's part of the, it's the other side of the coin that we mentioned as a pro, which was that, um, was that we, you know, when young folks go to these camps, they have an opportunity to evaluate where they are with God. 
it's usually because of some sort of altar call where they're kind of asked to say a prayer or put their hand up or walk down the aisle or whatever to signify that they have followed Christ. Now, I know lots of people who have responded to altar calls in genuine faith and repentance, and literally they are still saved, like, you know, because we're Calvinists, we don't believe you could become unsaved. But their their moment then down that aisle was a genuine sign of their mm. repentance and faith in Jesus. Unfortunately, I know a lot more people mm. who did respond to those altar calls, and they completely were not saved, but it was like a moment of peer pressure. And that could be a huge con because you're around other people who are your same age and you might But also like, um, just you're at camp and it can be emotional. Yes. Yeah. So it's kind of like, well, that's also a struggle because then you go home and you're like, oh, all those feelings are gone and I don't have those people around me and now what? Mm-hmm. Which is a con, like it's one of the things I like about Bible school, VBS, mm-hmm. holiday clubs is that they are affiliated with a local church. Yes. And so if you have a kid who comes and says, I, I think I'm a believer now. I- mm-hmm. I- I'm- I've accepted Christ. I'm repentant of my sins and I, I want to follow him. What do I do now? You can say, oh, hey, a church. Yeah. Um, but with some of these Christian camps, it's kind of like, well, we're coming from all over the country mm-hmm. in Scotland anyway, because Scotland's not that big a country. Yeah. Coming from all over the country. We're coming from all over the theological spectrum. You've yeah. got a kid who lives in a city you don't live in and they say, I've come to faith. What do I do? Where do you send them? Yeah. Like, what do you do with them? Yeah. Especially if they're not from a Christian background themselves. They've got heathen parents and they're just like, I have to go back now. And where do I go from here? Because I can't just only ever come to camps to get my spiritual help and guidance and stuff. Like, No, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. That That is a con. It's also come at me in the comments. It's also a con of a lot of street preachers. A yes. lot of street preachers are not associated with local churches. So they preach the gospel to people and maybe there's a response. Maybe someone genuinely responds to, and this is not shade at street pe- preachers, but a lot of them are not tied to local churches. And so what do they do when someone comes to faith? What do they do? If someone's like, yeah. I believe what you're saying, like, I want to be a Christian. And they're like, okay, yeah. cool. High five. Because you're going to be gone next week. Yep. You're just going to leave them there? Like, yeah. Yeah. But it's an important thing about these camps because, like you said, what happens when that altar call uh, takes place and little Jimmy says, I believe. All right, Jimmy, high five. Here's Maybe here's a Bible. Here's some literature. See you later. And, like, what is Jimmy supposed to do? He's like... It's like the parable of the seeds or the different soils. Like mm. he springs up, but he has no depth of soil. Like he can't actually grow. But also you're like, you're midwifing a baby and then just like putting it in its own little house and going, that's the cooker. That's the bathroom. Get on with it. And you're like, this is a newborn. They don't yes. have a clue. <laughs> they can't. <It's> true. 
<laughs> but then a really good Christian camp will think about that and they will make an effort like if someone comes to them like if I came I had come to my leader and said help then if they'd been really good they would have said well I don't live there I don't know anybody that lives there but I can reach out into my network and mm-hmm. I can try and find somewhere for you or they're bringing they're bringing children from local camp local churches you know so it's like if there's a network of churches and they all send their kids to a christian camp then even if it was just kids from the local school when they go back to their village town city yeah they have that local church that they went to the camp with as and they have a connection to it as well so it's not as scary because i mean imagine being like 10 years old or or 13 years old and you're the only one saved in your family and then they're like here go to that church and you're like (laughs) yeah i don't know any of these people yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah. and that and that's a challenge for a lot of uh youth camps and uh vacation bible schools as well is when it's a good challenge to have like don't Mm. get me wrong but it is a challenge when children are saved in unsaved families because they now have there's like such a need for them to be supported in their faith as a as a youth because their parents might even be extremely hostile towards the gospel like i have a good friend of mine she was saved by going to youth group which is kind of like adjacent to the conversation we're having um and her parents were like for for her, it was like, oh, yay, I've been saved in youth group. And her parents were like, good, you're not going to get into trouble. But like when she started to walk in that faith, they were really antagonistic towards her. And she had to have a lot of support of adults who could be by her side and like bring her and like make sure she had lifts and everything like that. Mm. Because, well, yeah, her parents weren't going to do that. <laughs> Yeah, I had a friend in high school who, in our last year of high school, she did actually get saved at one of these camps, which was great. Um, And she started going to a church, but her parents kicked her out because of her faith. And she ended up moving in with her professing Christian boyfriend who no longer professes faith. Um, Because her church didn't support her either. And I think... Yeah, I think it's just, it can be so tragic the way these things go. Yeah. And I think, I don't have a problem with camps, but they need to be done right. And yes. I think there needs, there's not always the forward thinking that there yeah. needs to be about like what happens next. Yeah, absolutely. So I think, I think that's a, that's a fair look from two people who are very different, have very different backgrounds uh, in this to say like these can be very good and the Lord has even used not so good camp experiences to bring um, people to faith but we should as Christians be trying to think of what discipling means and what mm-hmm. it means to um, to encourage young believers and new believers in the faith um, but Ultimately, these camps should be seen as evangelistic because mm. um, a lot of young people grow up in the church and they're not saved. They, they're mm-hmm. morally changed, but they're not regenerate. Um, yeah. And so, you know, you could have a lot of things that... That was my it, issue. Outwardly yeah. obedient, but inwardly dead. Yeah. 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 Um, which I think, unfortunately, a lot of families are okay with. <laughs> 
I mean, yes. it's better that it's you're really not. It's really sad, a, but yeah. yes, you see yeah. it all the time. Yeah. Well, my kids are obedient and they do as they're told yeah. and they know their catechism. And you're like, yeah. great, that's going to serve them well when they go to hell. Like, yeah, yeah. So lots of good. I think we I actually think this was more positive than we thought it was going to be. I thought like, oh, we might maybe going to be too negative. But no, actually, I think the, the cons are there. Doctrinally, Eric could come in. You, um, there's not necessarily always a good support network for new and young believers. Um, and that peer pressure around the altar, altar call can lead to some false testimonies of salvation. But there also is a huge and often used gospel opportunity here. Uh, a lot of camps, whether they're your flavor of Christianity or not, are very clear about our deadness and our needing to be alive again with Christ. And so I think f- for all that, it, all of their cons, there's such a pro in that children mm. get to hear the gospel maybe for the first time. Yeah, especially in an increasingly secular society, the fact that there are still people out there who maybe aren't preaching the gospel the way we would prefer them to or the way we think they should, but they're preaching the gospel yes. and they're reaching people and people, God's using it to save people. Amen. Amen. Yeah, I remember just, I was thinking about the altar call and um, I remember when I was at camp and I got saved, they didn't do an altar call. What they did was they said, if you're interested in learning more and learning about this for yourself, we have an extra class while everybody is playing dodgeball in the gym. Mm-hmm. Um, so me and my pal went to that and he never, he never said, so you're going to pray a prayer. You're going to do it. Like he gave us a little booklet, which had a prayer in it. Mm-hmm. And he said, right, you know, the gospel, you've kept coming to this. This is between you and God. This is all I can tell you. So go home. <laughs> pray about it, <laughs> like, <laughs> pray about it. And it's between you and God. Like, wow. if you want to use this prayer, you can use this prayer, but you mm. can use your own words as well. Mm. I respect that. Mm. I respect that. Well, I think that's going to wrap it up for us until next season. Oh my gosh. <laughs> but if you're going to a camp, enjoy it yes let us Um, know what your experiences have been with christian camps either as a volunteer or as an attender or both mm -hmm. and um we'd love to hear your testimonies you could uh hit reply to the newsletter if you received it and let us know or you can message us on social media um we would really really love to hear it and we'd love to hear from you guys like i said we're not producing new content uh and to be released until September but we're still around we're still on social media we don't want to lose contact with you guys we'll have tons of summer content for you come and sing the psalms with us sing the psalms this is like I want you guys to know we are super jazzed about singing the psalms with you also if nothing else you should join it because what's it called a summer of psalms is actually spelled (laughs) p-s-u-m-m-e-r that's right we're we're having fun with language and Um, Yeah, we're going to have some really good versions of psalms for you to sing along with us. And just to bring that joy, uh, if you've not got a lot of experience singing psalms, to bring that joy to you this summer, because there's such beautiful arrangements out there, some congregational, some not, um, but so beautiful to sing scripture. And, uh, you know, Christians since the beginning of Christianity have been singing these psalms and... um, 
Jews have been singing them even longer. So (laughs) let's do it. (laughs) Um, But yes, we hope you have a lovely summer. Keep in contact, sign up for the newsletter, follow us on social media, all of the things, because we'll be singing songs with you and we're not going away all the way, but we will miss you guys in terms of new content. Um, And we pray that you have a lovely summer. Until next time, may the Lord bless you and keep you. Bye. Bye.